bringing to you. Every time we turn live, and you know it's the truth. Every after show, moving yeah. down, it's the time to move around. Uh, no gimmicks, podcast is going down. Every night, every time in the ring, is it time for no gimmicks? No, we doing our thing. What's the state of mind? State of mind. Moving down a statement when we take the line. This is exactly wrestling the state design. When you see Stone Cold like me, with the stunner in the world, exactly, man, what we bring. Every night we move like Brock Lesnar, the F5, no gimmicks. We take you to your limit, what's the feeling? Uh, when we live in the air, you know we on, it's the time. Guarantee we move, you know how we respond. The state is mine, the state is mine when we feel it. Moving down, what's the healing? Yo, 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 what is up, people? Welcome back to the No Gimmicks here on the DFPN. I am your host, Black Mac, along with Frank D. Or did you figure out a name yet? No, it's still a work in progress. So I'm still the fabulous one, the fabulous Frankie D. Yeah. I I was prepared to give you another alias tonight. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we're still working on that. It's a work in progress, bro. All right. So I I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Until then, we have the fabulous one, Frankie D, in the That's building. Right. That's right. Yes. And uh, we are, we are. First and foremost, before we get into the show tonight, I do want to thank the people of the No Gimmicks Podcast uh, fan group that we have on Facebook. We shared a post earlier this week, and they responded in kind. So much so that that group put us back on the charts in the top 200 of podcasts, uh, wrestling podcasts. So shout out to the No Gimmicks fan group. Shout out to all the listeners out there that support the brand. Uh, we appreciate that very much. That was that was very cool to see uh, happen real time. So very good, very good week that we had charts wise. So thank you to the group. But I would be remiss. But then say we put in some work for that. Yeah. We put in some, some well, real work for that. Well, we're always putting in work around the DFPN. Not only the No Gimmicks podcast, but the Smoke Pit and all the shenanigans over there. Plus, you got yep. the USDN. You got the Queens of Nerdum. You got the Patio with Kim. You yep. got the Salute podcast. You got a lot of different variety when it comes to the DFPN and what we bring to the table. And I will say that we are putting out consistently some of the best entertaining podcast out there bar none bar none bar none this has been a very good year for for the network it has been a very good year in terms of growth in terms of uh what the product that we're putting out and i believe 2024 is going to be that year for us i really do i really i'm i'm really excited about 2024 as much as i was for this year and and seeing how this year turned out i'm like over the moon excited for next year i cannot wait so. yeah yeah we've been we've been consistently like i said building our brands basically trying to find um, our footing in this landscape which has you know thousands upon thousands of different podcasts out there and, and specifically the genre of professional wrestling and i believe that we are putting out a great product. We put a lot of work into the No Gimmicks podcast. We put a yep. lot of work into wrestling with our thoughts previously. I know, but I put a lot of work into and myself and, and Steve Gurick and Teddy Long when we were doing Gurick before our podcast, we put a lot into that. So it's always been consistent when it comes to 
uh, anybody that I associate with, we always are on the top of our game. And that's pretty much what we do here, yeah. and that's what we would continue to do here, and that's what everybody here does at the DFPN. And if you're not supporting the DFPN, I'm talking about listening to our podcast, wherever you can listen to podcasts, reviewing our shows, giving us that five-star that we deserve, that we work hard for. Uh, the Patreon is out there as well. $3 gets you unlimited access to our content before it gets played anywhere else. Uncensored, uncut, all that. You can name it. We got it. It's a DFPN right there. Patreon is where it's at. So you got to go out there and subscribe to that. And, and don't don't take my word for it. Go out there and do it because you're going to be highly entertained. I mean, we got a exactly. lot of different stuff. We have the we got the pro wrestling right here. We got the the we, we we sometimes we delve into politics, but not too much. We got entertainment that we delve into. We got the nerds that do Star Wars. Which look look at me. We we you know I've gone on that show. You know I'm saying a couple of times. We we have such a variety. We 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 are when it comes to podcasting, and I don't care what anybody else says. When it comes to podcasting, we are shit. Period. Point blank. Period. Period. That's the bottom line. I, I have to agree with that. I have to agree with that. Speaking of the Patreon, this show is on the Patreon tonight. So if you are hearing our voices, that means you are not watching us live. So to watch us live, get on over to the Patreon. Again, $3 a month, man. It gets you gets you interacting with these podcasts. So come on over, patreon.com slash podcast. We do have the band camp as well thatfilling.bandcamp.com. We also a brand new sponsor for the podcast, and that's Cons Customs Creations. Uh, follow her on IG at Cons underscore Customs Creations and on Facebook at Cons Custom Creations Facebook page. So shout out to her. She did uh, a couple of the new no gimmick shirts. One in particular was worn by Maya World uh, during her, uh, I want to call it a mini feud with Izzy, uh, that garnered the attention of Mercedes Monet. She was wearing that shirt that was made by Khan's custom creation. So make sure you go follow her on IG, follow her on Facebook. And, uh, thank you for the sponsorship for the month of November. Let's get into the show, man. <laughs> for, <laughs> for this month. We got, uh, well, for this show in particular, we decided that we wanted to go retro. And uh, we talked about it before the show. And going retro, yesterday was Halloween. Knowing, knowing that we normally record these on Tuesdays, but this year Halloween fell on a Tuesday. Uh, we wanted to go out and celebrate, put, put the costumes on. What did you dress up for as Halloween? Yeah, so I, I'm I'm gonna talk about that. So <laughs> normally, when it comes to Halloween, I, that that is my that's my thing. All right, people Christmas people enjoy Christmas and all that. Halloween is my thing. That is my my month. My you know my birthday is October, so you know 17th or whatever. So it it's my month. So usually when it comes to doing Halloween, I'm usually Michael Myers every single year, and I actually had. A guy, the Blackest Eyes FX, find him out there. He's on Facebook, and he's also on Etsy. The Blackest Eyes FX uh, did me two coveralls. He did me a pair of uh, 78 Myers coveralls, and he also did me a pair of Halloween 2 coveralls with the bullet holes in them. 
and you know, I commissioned him to do the do those uh, coveralls for me, and he did a good job. And then I had another mask uh, commissioned that's basically like uh, the Dick Warlock mask from Halloween Two, Michael Myers mm-hmm. mask, and uh, that came from a guy named uh, a company called Graveside Productions, also on Etsy. Check it out. Go do business with them. They're top notch guys. And then I got to thinking one day. I was I was talking, and I'm like, you know. I really want to be Vader this year. So I I started doing my research on, on Vader. How how can I do this? And this is this is crazy. So listen, this 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 podcast tonight's gonna be a little bit different. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got I gotta tell the story. So when I originally started the the whole thing of getting the costume together to be Darth Vader, I got a costume on uh, Amazon called from a company called X Causer. And it was a Darth Vader costume. Now mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, let me let me see what this is going to be, right? So I get the suit. Now I didn't realize this. The suit actually is made in China. So you already know the sizing is going to be a bit different here in the United yep. States. Yeah. So I got the suit, and I'm like, oh man, this is packaged really well. The bodysuit is is phenomenal. The rest of the accessories, eh, not so much. So, but the bodysuit was phenomenal. So I, I opened the bodysuit up and I'm about to put it on. I'm like, this motherfucker won't fit. So I'm like, damn. I'm like, this damn suit costs me two hundred something dollars. It don't fit. <laughs> so I, I had to had to ship it up and send it back. So I'm like, this sucks. So then I was I was on I was on eBay, and um, I found another suit. And this is the one that they sell at Party City, right? So it right. fit, but it's like it it fit, but it's like ah man, I want to be Darth Vader, but like damn, I don't this suit here, I, I don't know about this one. This is just like a little, it, it's one of those like suits that you wear like if if you were a kid, you feel I me? Mean? That's kind of what it is. <laughs> it's, and it's an adult size. I mean, it, the the chest box lights up. It's it's cool if you want to go that route. But I'm like, bro, I'm Frank D. I don't I don't roll like that. So <laughs> I had to. uh I, I I went ahead and went to went went to my favorite place to go to, and that's Etsy. And I started typing in Darth Vader and Darth Vader costumes and, and shit like that. So I found some makers that make the stuff. You cannot mm-hmm. find anybody really here in the United States that will make you Darth Vader uh, outfits, like to, the the suit and all that shit. So I had to um, I got the suit made from a company called uh, Batwing. Uh, Batwing effects or some shit. So they made the bodysuit. It was is two pieces basically: leather pants, the leather, uh, the leather uh, shirt, and it is open in the back with mesh, so you can because you know, Vader suit is very hot. Right. And I had the tunic made, which is the inner robe, and then I had the the cape made. Both the cape and the tunic were wool, just like it's supposed to be, like in the movie. So that came. Um, we had a little snafu because I ordered chest armor from him. That was a bunch of bullshit. I got a refund on that. And then I had another person, uh, her, it's a store on Etsy called Grace Cosplay Store. She made my, uh, my belt and my chest box, which was molded mm-hmm. after the Empire Strikes Back, which is the blue, uh, the blue light, with the red light. So that, right. that's what pretty much what I had. Now, the other problem I ran into. <laughs> I saw this one. <laughs> so, 
I I was originally going to go and I was going to wear the Black Series helmet that they produce. And the Black Series uh, Darth Vader helmet was made by, I believe, Hasbro. And uh, it's the second uh, it's the second helmet that they produce for this particular uh, for Darth Vader. Right. So it was uh, basically modded after the Obi-Wan Kenobi Darth Vader. I wasn't really trying to be a particular Vader. I just wanted to be Darth Vader. That's, you know, whatever. That's that's the base. That's where the you base. start. Exactly. Yeah. Not trying to get into the 501st yet. I'm working on it, though. So, um, so anyways, that damn thing don't fit. I, I literally <laughs> got it, and, I, and I, I'm and i like, oh, man, this thing, look, like, this thing looks it's, it's gorgeous here. You know, it's, it's, this thing is cool, right? And It does. I, it looks amazing. It, it looks amazing. And it has the sound effects on it. And I'm like, oh, this is just the shit. I'm, I'm going to be the shit, right? I get the damn thing. And I'm trying to squeeze it on my head. Like, Ugh! and it's not fitting. And then I have the neck piece that, that you wrap around. And I'm like, it's like, Ugh! so then I have to have the wife come over and try to put it on. And she's like, Ugh! and I'm like, this, god damn it. So it's, it's not fitting. The only thing that literally was fit is the dome. And that, but that's without the helmet. <laughs> So then, but but the funny part about it was is that she put the damn thing on perfectly. It fit her head fine. So I'm like, <laughs> okay. So since you can fit the damn helmet, you're going to dress up right now as Darth Vader in my other suit that I had, the the one, the you know, the cheap one. I said, you're going to dress up as Darth Vader. So she did. Gave her the lightsaber, did some videos. I thought it was pretty cool. Fast forward, I have, uh, I got to get another helmet, right? So some of these helmets are expensive, right? So yeah. I, I'm like, what am I gonna do? I need a I need a helmet that's gonna fit my noggin. I found one. Um, it's from a um, it's from it's from EFX. It's called a New Hope helmet. Basically, it's what I purchased, mm-hmm. and this thing is this thing is great. Um, it worked fine. So I'm like, okay, I got the costume. Then I I I ran to another issue. I ordered some uh, Darth Vader wears shin guards. Shin armor on his on his shins. Mm-hmm. I ordered those from a company. Uh, it was shipped from Italy, and um, when I got them, I said these are not Darth Vader shin armor. <laughs> I don't know what the hell these are, but they're not Darth Vader shin armor. <laughs> these sorry. are like these are like if you're if you want to go, you know, play in medieval times or some shit. <laughs> that that's that's what these are for. <laughs> and, and on top of it, they didn't fit. So I immediately took them out and I immediately wrapped them back up and packaged them. I said, these are going back. So then I had to find somebody. So then I found this guy on Etsy, my best friend on Etsy. And he made me some shin armor and he was in the UK and he got to working right when I put the order in and they're like 3D printed. You know, it, it came out great. So then I had another issue, Black. I had to find what was some, that? I had to find some boots. <laughs> so I ordered I ordered some boots and the boots I ordered now once again like I said we're not trying to be in the 501st here we're just trying to you know Halloween right so I originally ordered some boots and the boots were cool they, they looked real good um, they would not zip up past my calf so I'm like what what the hell and I went on there and looked on, on Amazon where I got them from and I'm like oh a lot of people have had this problem okay mm. cool so I sent those back. I got some uh, Gotham boots, Batman boots. It's pretty much what I got. And 
they work that fine. Now, do yeah. they do they match what you tried to go for? Absolutely, because okay. because you're not no one's really paying attention to the boots really because the shin armor goes over the boots. Ah, so, okay. Yeah, so you're not really paying paying attention to it. So basically, after that part, I'm like, you know, I really. If I'm gonna do this, I, I gotta do it right. So then I started ordering some, some, some different equipment. So what I think I ordered was I ordered what's called the Zoom Multi Stomp, which is the guitar pedal, is what I ordered. That is what a lot exactly. That is yeah. what a lot of uh, cosplayers use to make their voice try to mimic James Earl Jones, which you can't, but it changes your voice enough to be Darth Vader. So I purchased that. Purchased uh, about two amplifiers. One of them was to make the, the Darth Vader breathing sound, and then the other one was for people to hear my voice. So I had the whole setup. So I put all of this together. Then I got my chest armor, and I didn't really like the way it came out, to be honest. Um, I got off work. I went to Walmart, bought two cans of spray paint, um, and I sprayed it, basically painted it the way that I wanted it, which was painted gun metal, made the other, made it black, you know the, the parts that are black just right. spray spray paint them glossing them up and then spray paint the other parts that were originally silver i spray paint those gunmetal and it came out perfect it just looks phenomenal and i had my suit and so i was ready to go it took you know it took the wife about 45 minutes to help me get dressed and um i was ready to go had all my shit on had, it just, i was out and then people started coming up and the little kids were like oh my god darth vader darth vader and some Jedi came around or whatever, and it, it was just fun, man. Like it was, it was crazy. She was dressed up as Din Djarin, you know, Mandalorian, so she had the uh, that uh, Grogu uh, on her hip. So it right. was fun, man. It was, it was cool. It was a very cool, cool experience. And uh, I really um, want to join Five First. I really want to be a part of that because Five First does a lot of charity work, and and I'm like, you know, just seeing the, just my interaction last night with the younglings. The little kids, yeah, um, and, and how they were last night, and how they were happy, you know, to see you know Darth Vader and all that. I'm like, you know, I really want to take this and go on the road. I want to go to visit sick kids in the hospital. And, That's and awesome, do, man. Do, do some charity stuff like that, you know. What I mean, so I'm, I'm looking into that. So now I'm looking into. I'm reading. I'm on the um, the Five First Legion website because they have one here in South Texas. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm looking there to look at the the, the detachments there to. to basically try to put my costume in order. I pretty much have a good idea of what to do. And it's just sky's the limit, man. So that's what I'm I'm working on. That's what's up, man. We do have a uh DFPN has a resident cosplayer now. So uh we we may have to reach out to him. He's very well connected and he 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 has a lot of those those connections. He also does uh cosplay for charity work as okay. well. So I'll, I'll I'll hook I'll hook you up with with a contact, bro. That, that yeah. that's that's some good shit, man. I'm I'm yeah. glad you found that. I'm glad I'm glad you took to it because it seems like you're happy as fuck doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's like that's that's my that's my thing, dude. It's like, and I wasn't even a Star Wars fan like that before. Like I I used to be, man. I used to be one of these people where I was like, you know, real how, hell, how did you get into Star Wars? You know, it was it was uh, New Year's 2015, and, and hmm. we decided like, you know, we're just gonna stay in the house and, and like, what do you want to do? And wife's like, oh, let's just watch Star Wars. I'm like, I don't want to watch that shit. I was like, 
I said, real dudes don't watch Star Wars. Real, real dudes, <laughs> no, real dudes in the hood don't watch Star Wars, right? So look at you now. Yeah, we watched it in my, we watched it in machete order, and mm, okay, I I saw it and I'm like, oh shit, right? And it was like one after the other. I'm like, okay, all right. So ever since then, I've been hooked on it, and I'm That's like, cool. I watch, I watched all the shit, like, yeah. There's yeah. like there's there's two things that you get me on. That's horror and Star Wars. Third is wrestling. That's cool. I, uh, wrestling, I, wrestling used to be number one. But yeah. Now number, now number one is Star Wars. Number two is horror. Number three is wrestling. <laughs> that's cool, man. I yeah. Uh, again, I'm glad. I'm glad you found it because that's some cool shit. That's some cool shit. And I know. I know building that shit wasn't easy. Yeah. Um, classic. What you're describing is the classic cosplayer. Like, that's everything that they go through. Yeah. And then some people get to building their shit, and, you know, you'll get there one day, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm determined. <laughs> I am determined. <laughs> cool shit, man. But that's a that's a cool Halloween story. I was just me. I stood outside and passed out candy. But I was, oh, that's cool. I, I got that's home. Cool. I got home pretty late yesterday, so. And this is the first year that I didn't have to go trick or treating, so I took full advantage, bro. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I took my, my kids was like Kimani was like, I don't want to go. I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, let's stay home. I'm happy, but yeah, man, cool shit. Yeah. All right, man, let's get into the show. This this show is in its entirety. We're going to be, uh, is, is, we're going to call this a retro show, but uh, we're going to take a look back at one of the classic WCW pay-per-views uh, came around at a time where the industry had just got turned on its head uh, by the events of Bash at the Beach, and this was kind of the, the steady flow of the aftermath so to speak. But tonight we're going to be looking at Halloween Havoc 1996. Um, we had debated this show because I, we said we wanted to look at a Halloween Havoc and I was torn in between two and it was this one in 97 and I was like I like 96. We both agreed on 96 and I was like I like 97 because it has one of my favorite matches ever but as a whole I think I like the pay-per-view from 96 better. So, and we, I think we, as a whole, I think as a whole, uh, when you when you compare ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight, Halloween Havocs, um, ninety six to me is always going to be the stronger show. Yeah, ninety six had just to me just they had better better matches. Halloween Havoc ninety seven had two matches on it that I would say probably the worst matches. <laughs> Well, well, Halloween Havoc had two matches on it that I say would save the show. Oh yeah, so true. That true. saved it was uh, it had um, Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio. Yeah, and Macho Man versus Domino's Page, Las Vegas yep. Sudden Death Match. Yep. I think the rest of the show, yeah, it was you know whatever. Halloween Havoc '98, that one right there was I I don't know that one is a mixed bag there. Um, you know it was Warrior it, versus Hogan. Yeah, um, the I. I I think honestly the the best matches on that show that me personally that I enjoyed um, had to be Scott Hall versus Kevin Nash 
and Diamond Dallas Page versus Goldberg. Those are oh, and Bret Hart versus Sting. Yeah, I was gonna say that one too. Yeah. That one, but I forgot about I forgot about uh, Diamond Dallas Page and Goldberg. That was probably one of the at that time probably one of the best WCW matches. Yeah, that they that they put on. So yeah, yeah. that nobody saw. That nobody saw. <laughs> and yeah, they had to open up Nitro with the finish. But it's so but but what makes what makes Halloween Havoc '96 um, a superior show and, and what's so special about it is because it is the early stages of the NWO. Right. Um, it is pretty much um, Hogan and Macho Man, you know, reigniting that feud from the from the WWF when they were the Mega Powers. Um, it was Hall and Nash's first tag team title win over Harlem Heat. Yep. Um, you had six on there versus Chris Jericho. Um, this was a stacked card. It's a solid, it's a solid, solid show, yeah. solid card. You know what I'm saying? You know, and then yeah. you have the, the introduction of, uh, of Roddy Roddy Piper into WCW uh, TV. And Piper came in at the at the at a very good time. He had just come off the WWF television. You remember he was the uh, president of the WWF, yeah, on screen president. So he came into the WCW at a perfect time when things were just starting to cook over there. And uh, we're about to get into it. Let's get into it, man. We we start with the opening, the WCW Cruiserweight Championship match between Dean Malenko and Rey Mysterio Jr. And uh, this was, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, was this? This was a match where Mysterio, it was something with his mask. So... Dean Malenko, if I remember the TV leading up to this, Dean Malenko had been basically trying to get Mysterio's mask. Right. He actually attacked Rey Mysterio, I believe it was on the WCW Saturday night, the night before uh, Halloween Havoc. He actually attacked him and took his mask, and Tony Schiavone had to cover Mysterio's uh, face. So it was very personal from the from the jump right. between Mysterio and, uh, and, and Dean Malenko. And I thought at Halloween Havoc, they had a phenomenal this was this was a classic technical versus high flyer match that just worked. Yeah. And this was also for me the precursor of what would happen the next year with him and Eddie Guerrero. I thought this was this was leading on to what all right, you had a great match with Malenko. Now let's see what you do with Eddie Guerrero type of thing. But this was a banger of a match. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no doubt. No doubt. Absolutely. Who got the win in that? Uh Mysterio, right? No, I believe it was Malenko. Malenko Malenko got the win in that? I think he did, yeah. Yeah, I haven't watched it in a while. But let me let me look it up so I can be sure. All right. I'm pretty sure. Um I'm pretty sure it was uh Malenko got the win on that one. Let's see. Yeah, because in that match in that match, I think Malenko won, but Mysterio ended up getting his mask back. Yeah. If that if 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 I'm remembering that right. Well, I'm looking it up right now, so bear with us. I'm using the Google machine. <laughs> Cause I it's been a while since I actually sat down and watched it. I'm going basically by by memory. So uh Yeah, Dean Lincoln won. Yeah, just saw it right now. He won. Okay. 
So, yeah. He picked up the victory in that match. But I do think that Mysterio ended up getting his mask back. Yeah, I mean. But to get it, he had to lose. It was, you know, know, it was just, uh, it it probably was a situation where they were trying to make the issue personal between the two, and and they succeeded. So, yeah. Yeah. Pretty pretty good match. Second match following suit, um, Diamond Dallas Page and Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, so this was about the Battle Bowl ring yep. that Diamond Dallas Page had, and I remember um, he had been DDP had been had been going through a real big transformation with his character um, for a while here. If you look at Diamond Dallas Page from '95, and then um, you take a look at him in '96, it's like a completely different guy. He was slowly, you know, uh, transitioning away from what you saw from the with the with the good, you know the cigar and all that shit to really becoming the DDP that we would know. Cell five five. Cell five five exactly. So he was coming into his own. He had been feuding with the Guerreros. He had wrestled Chavo, I believe, on one of the Clash Champions earlier in the year, and this was all stemming from the Battle Bowl ring. And um, it was it was a good match, and and really showed off that Eddie and and DDP really had a lot of they, they had good chemistry. Good like, chemistry. I, I, can't, I can't say that they had a bad. A bad match at all, and they would actually follow it up too because they had another match. It was for the U.S. title, and that would happen in Starcade '96 later in the year. You know what? They they've had a number of matches, but the one I remember, not besides this match in particular, there was a WCW Saturday Night match, and DDP was just he was just leaving that old gimmick, and I think one of those first matches was with Eddie Guerrero. And to this day, the best variation of the Diamond Cutter I saw on that show. Yeah, DDP was like, he was just doing his thing out there, man. He You could tell that he was putting a lot of thought into his matches and, and yep. finishes. And he would use WCW Saturday nights as pretty much like a training ground, really, to go yep. out there. To, to do his moves. Yep. Showcase, you know, basically showcase, you know, get, get, Go out there and work the WWE Saturday Night taping, getting you ready for Nitro, getting you ready for for Thunder. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, DDP was yeah. If, you, if there's a lot of people out there, and you want to see some good DDP matches, go go back. WCW Saturday Night, yeah, absolutely. Yep. There's only two people that I knew did that. He was yeah. one of them. The other one was Chris Canyon. Canyon, yeah. would, he would use Saturday Night to be like innovate. How to innovate the offense, but yeah, that was a that was a great match. Uh, the third match, the Giant versus Jeff Jarrett. That's a very interesting one because if I remember correctly, this was for the U.S. Championship, right? So if yes. people remember going into this show, um, they attacked Ric Flair. Ric Flair was a champion, but Ric Flair had a shoulder injury, so they had to write him off TV. And I remember he got his ass beat pretty much backstage by the NWO, <laughs> and. Yeah. The Giant got the belt. Vincent took the belt. You know, this is when they were beating Ric Flair in the back, and Nash was in the camera with the the, the rag on, the, the bandana wrapped around his head like two five saying, Thug life, baby, Thug life. Woo! <laughs> so Vincent had the belt, gave it to the Giant, told him, this is for you, and the Giant had the belt. Giant was not recognized officially Never as won. a United States championship, right. as a U.S. champion. And shortly after that, that's when uh, Jeff Jarrett came into the W. Uh, CW and he came in in a black limousine so everybody assumed that Jared was going to be part of the NWO not so much he came there to be a part of WCW came there really hook up with the four horsemen is what he did and the yep. rest is history yep 
And the Giant, the finish to that match, I believe Ric Flair did end up coming out, low-blowing the Giant, and got DQ'd. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Jarrett got DQ'd for that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a great, great, great. Uh, these first three matches, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. These first three matches, if you, and it speaks to the time because at the time you probably think like, eh, this is probably, this is a, this is an okay pay-per-view so far. It's, it's going pretty good, but looking back at this shit, bro, like you have at least six hall of famers already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's and it's like and and the dynamic about it was, it, it, the NWO, for instance, the the Giant. This is and this is one of the things I remember about this show when it when it comes to just first of all, WCW to me, top notch. Always had the look and feel, the presentation. It felt big, like Halloween Havoc, right? But Halloween just Havoc, the set, right? Just, just the way it looked, right? But Halloween Havoc is like that was like WCW's WrestleMania. Absolutely, and a lot of people don't. A lot of people like you know they were on the impression that Starcade was their WrestleMania. No, Eric Bischoff said that Halloween Havoc was their WrestleMania. That was their show. You know, they, it felt like it. Yeah, they weren't really really concerned that much about Starcade. Starcade was just a, a, a blow off in the at the end of the year. You right. know, what I'm saying Halloween Havoc was their show. So. One of the things I remember about this particular show was the NWO came through the crowd for their entrance, and I thought that was so that was so good because yeah. you you know I I really hated when the NWO used to when they would come through the entrance like WCW wrestlers. So when you kept them coming through the crowd at this show, the NWO like if you if you remember Ted DiBiase was announcing the NWO guys and they had a big NWO banner at the top and they would come down through the concourse. And I'm like, this is cool shit. This was like guerrilla warfare type shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I love that aspect from the production wise. And just the the graveyard and all that. I mean, WCW really captured what it was for Halloween Havoc. They really did. They, and, they and, really and the did. Sets, and the sets got better. I remember they had a big ass pumpkin for 98. Yeah. It was just top notch, man. I, I, I missed I miss the creativity. That we used to have with they did, people. they did, they really did have some some creative sets. They really did, yeah. and the one that stands out to me, I honestly is ninety seven. Ninety seven set to me for Halloween Havoc. I don't know why, but it just it's ingrained in my memory. I have no idea why, but it's just there. Yeah, like I could I could picture it. I could picture myself watching the pay per view, and I'm like just looking at the set, like damn, that shit is tight. <laughs> That's that, that shit. I like it. I like it. But yeah, speaking of uh, the NWO interests, six yeah. versus Chris Jericho. What a match that was! What a match that was! Underrated match. One underrated, of them- underrated match at the time. Two underrated performers. A lot of yeah. people don't really understand um, how important and valuable Sean Waltman was to the NWO making it work. And um, yeah. A lot of people, I think, is like, oh, it's just a one, two, three kid or whatever. Nah, it was more than that. I mean, Waltman, Waltman, Waltman did a lot of cool shit. Waltman was responsible for this. That was his thing. The Turkish Wolf was his thing. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So he brought a lot to it. Chris Jericho, babyface Chris Jericho out there. Um, I remember that. 
And looking back at it now, like, damn, you know, who knew Jericho had, you know, all that in him? You know, what, what looking, he was looking at it back then, you could, yeah. you could not tell. You could not tell that yeah. he would end up becoming what he is today. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I have to agree with you. Uh, six at that time, very underrated member of the NWO. Yeah. Very underrated member of the NWO. But yeah, I agreed. And uh, this this featured a Nick Patrick spot. So yeah, so and that's the thing. So this was this match here was basically like a filler because they were telling a story be, with, with Nick Patrick and Chris Jericho because Nick Patrick and Chris Jericho would then have a match next month at World War Three, yep. in which my man Teddy Long would accompany uh, Chris Jericho to ringside during that match. So, um, yeah, it, Nick, everybody knows Nick Patrick. Nick Patrick was the NWO referee. Yep, exactly. Um, he, could, he could deny it all he wants at the time. <laughs> he was. He could deny it he all was. he wants. But he was he was the NWO referee, the NWO Saturday Night Segments. You know, he's on there wearing a damn ski mask. You know, so that's, that's, <laughs> all, that's, that's all Nick Patrick. It was, it was just such fun shit, man. You, what's funny? Yeah. What's funny? There's a local promotion <laughs> out here. Um, MPX, MPX Wrestling, they are running an angle similar to this. Now that we, now that we were talking about this, this whole Nick Patrick angle, yeah, they're running an angle similar to this, to where they have this group, this faction called the Texas Wrestling Commission, okay, and they have a referee in their pocket. I like, and it. I was like, I was like, this is that's cool. Because that's what it reminds me of. It reminds me of this. It reminds me a lot of that. But yeah, that that angle was 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 really cool. I I like that. All right. So next match, uh, another one, another another great match. Lex Luger versus Arn Anderson. Yeah. So this one is very very. Um... Interesting because what a lot of people didn't know is that this was around a time when Arn Anderson was really starting to suffer his his neck issues, yeah. and um, and he went into his match with Luger, and um, and, and this this all this match here stems from the the Horseman had an issue with Luger because Luger basically they blamed him for what happened with Sting. If he would have believed Sting. Then they would have won war games and all that. So that's pretty much where, yeah, that's pretty much where the the story came from. They they had a problem with Luger because of war games and with with Sting or whatever. So um, this match here was was one of Arn's last matches um, on pay per view, um, and I believe I think I, I'm not sure. I think Luger got the win on this one. I believe. Uh, uh I believe so. Yeah, I believe he did. Yeah, and if he, you know, but but the thing that I remember from the from the match was the the brutality uh, because I I believe Luger went into the match with um, busted up ribs or something like that. That's the, the he had he had taped ribs, so he had that. Yeah, and on. he was trying to hit the torture rack. That was and, the yeah yeah yeah. And then he he was finally able to do it, and then yeah. he wins the match, and then I think afterwards they play on the injury. Yeah, Fine. yeah, and then the next night on uh, on on I believe the next night on Nitro, I think Luger attacked Anderson with the steel chair. 
Yeah. Which is what took Anderson out storyline wise. So, um, yeah, I, I re- remember that part about it. And I remember, you know, not seeing Anderson uh, for a while after that because of the injury. And uh, unfortunately, his career was cut short. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. Sad. Because, again, he was very, very technical. Uh, I really love the enforcer role. You know, Arn Anderson could do. Arn Anderson did two moves that I I really enjoyed watching him do. He and he's the only one who could do these spots. You know, um, the spinebuster spot. Exactly. And then when he would hit a DDT, and I mean, <laughs> I was thinking that too. I was it, like, I, I know mean, the spinebuster, but the DDT was was just as deadly. Yeah, Jake the Snake Roberts, of course, hits the best DDT, followed yep. by Raven with the even flow. But the way Arn Anderson would hit a DDT, my God, hit the way he would kill you. But yep. it was probably this, this probably the safest bump that you could take because of the way he's doing it. Yep. You know what I'm saying? But it just looked brutal on TV. Like, like damn, he like you know he messed him up. <laughs> you know, he's out. So, yeah, he's so out. Anderson just I, I've always, I always loved Anderson's work. He was he was yeah, and, and yeah, it, it just sucks that it got it got cut short the way it did. Yeah, yeah. It is, but look, look for a minute. Let's talk about let's talk about uh, card flow on this card because WCW at that time was doing something that I wish happened today. Yeah, because they were able to feature stories that they had built on and brought them into a pay per view, and not only that. During this card, so we leave from an NWO match to a Four Horsemen match. Yeah. Right? And then we go NWO, Four Horsemen. The next match is another Four Horsemen uh, at that time. Are, were they Four Horsemen yet? Who's that? Mongo and uh, Benoit. Yeah, they were Horsemen. They were Horsemen, right? Yeah. Yeah, so... Again, we're we're flowing from horsemen to horsemen. Mongo and Benoit versus the faces of fear. Yeah. So and then you look at look at I mean, shit, man. I mean, what more can you say? The faces of fear. You know, and that and that plays into um once again the story that they were telling with Kevin Sullivan and Benoit, because right. that's basically horsemen versus Dungeon of Doom. Right. And and so that so every yeah, like I said, everything that they're doing here. Um, with the card, and I'm pretty sure you know Dusty Rhodes had a lot to do with the card, and so did Kevin Sullivan because he was doing creative in, in the matches. So everything is is like you say is being you know done for a reason. It's very methodical um, the way they're doing it and 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 the build up because they're they're leaving, they're giving you these matches, they're they're giving you the matches, but they're leading to the big stuff. They're, they're they're leading to um, the other matches on the card, which is going to be you know the Outsiders versus Harm Heat and the, the uh, Hogan versus Savage match, which is going to have the big angle at the end. So right. they, they they knew how to pace the card very, very well. Very well. And it just yeah. grew bigger, bigger, bigger yeah. until you get to the end. And it's like the biggest match you could possibly have on a card. Right. I loved I loved how they did that. And they were consistent at doing that. Too. Yeah. Yeah, they really always awesome. had, they always would have, um, they WWE would always produce a match, the first match of the night. Which was to get the fans excited for the rest of the show. If you, it's like follow this, right? And that's what they would do a lot of, and you you see that consistently through '96 and '97. And the best matches that you would see on the card that was saw 
would be the ones involved in the Cruiserweights. Just like we yep. saw with Dean Blanco and Rey Mysterio. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, let's get to this uh, Mungo, Steve Mungo McMichael and Chris Benoit versus the Faces of Fear. Yeah, so Mongo McMichael was not the best wrestler in the world. We we, <laughs> no. we know that, but it's it's funny as hell when he'd be out there taking bumps. But let me say this about Mongo. So the the thing with Mongo is Mongo came in and he was a co commentator, of course, with Eric Bischoff on Nitro, and then um, you know he joined the the Force. Now Mongo turned heel kind of at the wrong time because Mongo turns heel. On Kevin Green at the Great American Bash, if you remember, they had that match. He hits uh, Kevin Green with the Halliburton. Yeah. And inside, it was money and a horseman t-shirt. So now he's a part of the Four Horsemen. But Hogan turns the next month at Bash at the Beach. So when Hogan turns, it's kind of like you forget Mongo turn. Exactly. I mean? So, yeah, kind of tough break for Mongo. But this match here told the story because, once again, the story was Kevin Sullivan versus Chris Benoit. And people, I'm telling you, if you have the WWE Network on Peacock, wherever it is that you're listening to the show right now, one match on on a pay-per-view that you need to go watch is Chris Benoit versus Kevin Sullivan, The Great American Bash, 1996, when they went into the bathroom. They fought all over the building. Yep. You can check it out. And then another one was uh, Clash of Champions, um, one of the Clash of Champions shows from 97 when they were in Milwaukee. They once again fought in the bathroom. You need to check those matches out and really understand the Benoit versus Kevin Sullivan angle because that angle is the reason why Sullivan and Woman got a divorce to begin with. Yep. Because Benoit and and Nancy, you know, Woman started seeing each other for real. So basically, the man wrote his own damn divorce. Life imitating art. Exactly, I have a Triple H in China, or you know, Triple H Stephanie in, in China, and that whole debacle. So, yep. but yeah, Face of Fear, top top tag team. Wish they wish they would have did more. I don't think that Face of Fear ever held the world tag team titles. In no, and this is a damn shame because yeah. they were they were phenomenal. I really yeah. did like them as a tag team. Yeah, yeah, they were excellent, man. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. I was so mad when they split them up, man. <laughs> I don't understand that. I, don't, I was I so mad. I that. Like I never, <laughs> I never, I never got that. Ming, Ming and the Barbarian. I mean, Ming, they could go on their own, but together, that was a. Oh of my force. god! It spoke for itself. Yeah, it spoke for itself. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, they definitely should have held gold and did. Yeah, so, sure did. Yeah, they never, they never did. They came close though, because you remember. They had a tag team match uh, for the World Tag Team Titles. They had uh, uh, two chances. Uh, the next month at World War Three, it was a triangle tag match. It was Hall Nash versus Siner, or Hall Nash versus Nasty Boys versus the Faces of Fear. And then they had uh, Star K ninety six. They wrestled Hall and Nash. But but let me let me let me segue say, say, say here real quick to the the Nasty Boys. Let's talk yep. about the Nasty Boys right quick. So, if people remember around this time in WCW, the Nasty Boys were attempting to join the NWO. And they had showed up on the NWO's um, hotel. They were at the NWO was at the Marriott one night. They were, they were kicking it with Kyle Petty. And, um, you know, they were there. And that's the night that Hogan wore the infamous Hollywood's Wolfpack shirt that pissed off Hall and Ash. Told Hogan, don't ever wear that shirt again. You're... you're 
you're not in the Wolfpack, boy. The the Wolfpack is is us three right here. We're the Wolfpack. You're, it's not Hollywood's Wolfpack. So go <laughs> go find go find that story when Scott Hall and Kevin Nash talk about checking Hogan about that shit. But anyways, so the Nasty Boys were uh, trying to join the NWO. They actually joined the NWO for a minute, and then they got kicked out of the NWO. And I don't know how that story helped anybody because it made the, the Nasty Boys look like straight chumps when yep. Hogan turned on them. Because if you remember, Hogan told him, he says, the, the Nasty Boys were talking about how many zeros you know were missing on that paper. And Hogan says, do you see my signature anywhere on here? I didn't sign this. So if I didn't sign this, then you two shouldn't be wearing those shirts. And then, you know, Knob says, what the hell are you talking about? What I'm talking about is you don't wear the colors unless we tell you. And then they beat the shit out of the Nasty Boys. <laughs> so, yeah. Filthy work. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically just to further establish just how much of a shit bag Hulk Hogan was at the time. Yeah. Yeah. That he would do that because he already did. Now, now the Nasty Boys were dumb anyways because Hogan already did this to the booty man at Hog Wild. Mm-hmm. And he already, he already did that to Brother Brutai. He had already did that to him. And that was supposed to be his boy. So if he did that to his best, his best friend, friend, what do you think he's going to do to you? <laughs> he told he y'all. Shit out his best he friend. told y'all. But it did establish him as like, I will go to any length. And we it, hadn't it, seen yeah. that. We it, hadn't it, seen that from Hulk Hogan. Yeah, it established that I will go to any lengths. And I have no loyalty to anyone. To no one but me. me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's what make Coke make made him cool. Yeah. The is. fact that at that time, well, at least at that time, like the 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 anti hero was in. Well, but see that's the thing with Hogan. See, Hogan I don't think was really trying to be a a anti hero or trying to be like kind of cool hip like Harlan Nash. I think Hogan was really trying to be the ultimate bad guy he could I think so too. I don't he he wasn't worried about that. He was he wasn't worried about being cool. He wanted to be the big heel. He right, he even right. said he says Hall and Nash were cool. I was the sole bad guy in the NWO. I, I tend to agree with that. Because Hall and Nash they were heels, but were they really heels? No, not really. Because kinda, even when they showed up it's like it's like oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. shit. Yeah, that's cool, but yeah. you know what I mean. Like with Hogan, it was like, "Damn, you broke my fucking heart, bro!" Like, right? <laughs> like, why? Why did right. you do this? Man, yeah. Fuck y'all! I've been doing, I've been doing this good guy. Say your prayers, man. Fuck them vitamins, yeah. and I, and in, in the end, I liked it. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> and and it's like, and and he and he had a legitimate reason to he why, did. He, why he, he did. why he did it, why he did it. He absolutely but, did. But yeah, so. Yeah, that was a good match, and we kind of laid the foundation here of what the the meaning of the match was with the face of fear and Ben Wyman. I mean, go what it was going to lead up to, and it was just basically to continue the feud between Kevin Sullivan and Chris Benoit, which yep. basically the Dungeon of Doom and the Horsemen. And by this time, the Horsemen really were starting to suffer, anyways. They were kind of phasing the Horsemen out a little bit. If you you could tell on TV that that's what they were going because the NWO was the main storyline now. Yep, it was. Speaking of which, let's go to our co main event. We have uh, the Outsiders, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, versus the tag team champions, the Harlem Heat. Yeah, so it's funny. So this entire time in WCW, 
Um, Stevie Ray and Booker T had always been billed from Harlem, New York. And they were managed by Sister Sherry. Yep. Scott Hall comes on TV and says, yeah, we're going to beat those two hillbillies from Texas. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to beat those two country bumpkins from from Houston at the pay-per-view is what somebody found. Right. But it's so different. It's so different. It's so different than Bob Backman when Bob Backman was feuding with Diesel. He says on TV now. Now Vince McMahon and Shawn Michaels are doing commentary, and and Bob Backman says, and Kevin Nash, and then Shawn Michaels says, "Huh, Kevin Nash, McMahon, you heard him, Kevin Nash." <laughs> hey man, shit happens. <laughs> Right. Shit happens. <laughs> but bar bar like barring future, because in the moment in the uh, moment it's like what? Oh, I got some, some, some breaking some breaking news for you. And, and this right here, ladies and gentlemen, is is one of the reasons why don't get hyped anymore about announcements. Oh Lord, what happened? So, well, he didn't say it was a big announcement. Let's, it's, let's... Just an, it's just an announcement, an, an announcement that you could have made on Twitter and whatever. Uh, <laughs> AEW president and owner Tony Khan, alongside <laughs> Nigel McGinnis, announced tickets for All In 2024 will go on sale December 1st. All In 2024 takes place on August 25th from Wembley Stadium. That when did they, they go on sale? December 1st. Hmm. So that was a big announcement. That was the announcement. That was the announcement. Mm. That's uh, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I was at SmackDown <laughs> about you know two weeks ago, and they made a big announcement there too that tickets for Monday Night Raw will go on sale that night for March fourth, twenty twenty four. I mean, it's not. It's not. It's not a bad announcement, but again, I'm 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 leaning towards your side. Like this could have been announced on Twitter. It's about tickets going on sale for a show. Yeah, it's not it about been, it it's not, that's not really important. You you're, you're, you're right. You're right this, about you're that. building this up to be like there's just some big announcement. Like it could be potential earth shattering, and it's nothing. I don't know if he put that much stock into it, but I get, I get, I get announcing that you will are putting out that you have an announcement to make makes it seem important. If I have an announcement to make, it would be simply this: Where is Obi Wan? <laughs> Stop! <laughs> Where is Padme? Yeah, I did that. I did that too. Is she safe? Is she all right? <laughs> I I couldn't have. She was alive. I felt it. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's funny as fuck. But but anyway, let's jump back into this match. Yeah, let's so we so we have we have the Outsiders versus the Harlem Heat tag yeah. team championship match. This would be the Outsiders' first win, correct? The first. That's correct. Tag team win. championship, yeah, tag team yes, win. That's correct. So, and 
from what I remember, Colonel Parker was involved in this match. And I'm trying to I'm trying to remember why. Okay, so Colonel Parker was he was um, the co-manager of the Harlem Heat. So remember him and Sister Sherry had them. They were kind of married. Remember that they got oh, married. Oh yeah, I yeah I forgot about that. Yeah, so you know they you know they had a little thing going on you know in public. So um, so what happened was is um, <laughs> Harlem Heat were they were doing their doing their spots and the finish came when Colonel Parker got in the ring and Nash grabbed the cane. He grabbed Colonel Parker's cane and he hit Stevie Ray yep. with it twice. And um, fucking Colonel Parker took, got straight out the ring and ran to the back. And Scott Hall uh, covers covers Stevie Ray with the one, two, three, and there you go, your new WCW World Tag Team Champions, Hall and Ashley Outsiders. They win the match. Yeah. And Harlem Heat never got a rematch. Nope. Nope. Yeah, that was a good Which match. Which they should have. Yeah, they should have got a rematch. But yeah, yeah, that was a good match. It really was a good match. That was a hell of a match. It was. Not too long. Yeah. Not too long, but yeah. It was it was a great match. Yeah. From what I remember, it wasn't that long of a Oh yeah. Yeah. It's all, I mean, like I said, man, it, it it had it packed all the elements of the story of what they were telling. Right. Those two hillbillies from Houston <laughs> taking on the big main and the medium sized main. Yeah. I got a big surprise for you, man. Yeah, Chico. <laughs> yeah, Scott all had Chico written on his tights and on the front of him, by the way. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, if you, so, so if you play WWE 2K23 or WWE 2K22, the, the attires that Hall and Nash are wearing in that game are basically modeled after Halloween Havoc 96. That's what they're wearing. Hmm. Yeah. So that's dope. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, and I and, and 2K, if you're listening, can you please update the shit? Can you can you fix Scott Hall's uh, tights with that crooked ass N on the back? They don't care. <laughs> they 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 don't care. And I'm, I'm here to tell you now. Yeah, and that's, and that's the problem. See, if it was me, it's called quality control. If I'm putting a game out there and I want people to pay seventy dollars for this fucking game or a hundred something dollars for it, I want to make sure that the damn thing is perfect. I want to make sure it's right. So people can keep coming back to buy the next game. Nah, bro, it's called come back next year. See if we fixed it. Yo, come back next year with the same <laughs> cricket ass end. Yeah, buy 2K24. Because, because that cricket ass end was in 2K22. And it got transferred <laughs> over to 23. They ain't, they ain't fixing shit. We can't even, they can't even update the they, they can't even update the legends. Like, damn, dude. Is this the only version of the Macho Man Running Savage you guys have? Yep. You're gonna use. Can I get the Macho Man from WCW some of those costumes? Can I get nope. other costumes for the Ultimate Warrior? Nope. Can I get the Undertaker to come out with the right music? Nope. Fuck. <laughs> nope, not at all. Shit. It's called come back next year and see if we have made our fixes. This if is not- the reason why. I play 2K23 and I go to community creations and I go and see what the people have made. And that's what you're better off doing. Yeah, that's what I do. That's exactly (laughs) what I do. Like right now, I got I got Ultimate Warrior on there with Macho Man, and they got their uh, I got the attires there when they were the Mega Maniacs. Mm. You know, or the oh no, I'm sorry, not the Mega Maniacs, the Ultimate Maniacs. The Mega Maniacs with Brutus Beefcake and Hogan. You know what I mean? Yep. 
brother. Yeah, good shit. Speaking of Hogan, let's go to our main event. Hulk Hogan versus the Macho Man Randy Savage for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, so if you remember correctly, Hogan must have took a lot of Rogaine for this match because a motherfucker came out with a buzz cut. Yep. And I'm like, what the hell? When We saw that, right? I mean, I was like, no, Hogan. Can't take it with hair, brother. Especially hair like that. You know, I always thought Hogan was probably thinking about something when he was a heel. And, and Hall and Nash be out there, and Hall and Nash had the cool hair. And Hogan was like, damn, brother, I wish I had hair like that. You know, we're out there, you know. Just, nah. I can't see it. Nah, bro. Can't see it. <laughs> Let that shit go. You yeah. ain't had hair since Rocky Three, bro. Right. Now, big fan of, of Hollywood, big fan of Macho Man, but I'm going to tell you right now, this match was shit. This was not a good match. <laughs> Um, this was not a great match. No, it, it, it wasn't even a good match. You built you built the pay per view up to this match for this match to not live up to it. Yeah, it didn't deliver. It just yeah. did. The the and, and I don't know whose whose fault it was, but it just it to me it just didn't work. Yeah. So. Um, I wanna I wanna chalk this up to Hogan. I. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's both. I think it's both. Yeah, yeah. You could, you could, you could, you could put, you could put some of that on Macho. Too. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was both of because because I mean because we're not we're not gonna get the match they had back in '89. No, you know what I'm saying that, that's no. what's gonna happen. But the whole point of this match was basically to further further the story with Miss Elizabeth and Macho Man. If you remember before this, Macho Man, um, you know, found out Elizabeth had pretty much joined the NWO. Right. He found it out at a hotel when the NWO was there with the hotel, at the hotel room with Liz. And Liz comes out the hotel and she's talking about, or she has a contract in her hand. The Macho Man sees it and he was like, you got to be ribbon. You got to be ribbon. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. He was like, "You, this is the last time. He's like, you did this to me. So, yeah, that's that's kind of what they were going with here. So, yeah, this wasn't this wasn't a good match. It's a passable match. But the, the match basically was filler. Because they had to put Macho Man in the main event because right. the, spot, the Slam Jam sponsorship. Remember, Slam Jam is the ones who they sponsored. Produced, Halloween they sponsored Halloween Havoc, exactly. So in saying that, um, Slam Jam actually has a very big sponsorship today with WWE. So they do. That's a big thing there. So hopefully, moving forward, you know, on the on the games, the two K games, if they put them out, they don't have to put the logos anymore because they actually are sponsored by. You know, Slim Jim. But yeah. anyways, so the the match here was basically to uh, tell the story moving forward of where they're going to go with WCW. Because at this point, Macho Man's contract actually was up at WCW. His contract was done. So Macho Man was going to go away for a while. He had some, some nagging injuries he wanted to take care of. So Macho Man was going to be off WCW television until around January when he would come back. January 97 is when Macho came back. It was on Monday Nitro from Chicago at the United Center. Macho Man came yeah. out at the beginning of the show. He would then be joined by Sting. And then Macho Man would officially join the NWO at Super Brawl 97 when he helped Hollywood Hogan defeat Roddy Roddy Piper. Roddy Roddy Piper makes his debut here for WCW. And it was a good segment between him and Hogan. Um, Piper out there, you know, spitting some facts to Hogan. Hogan spitting some facts to Piper. And Hogan delivered one of the most infamous lines I ever heard him say. And it was great. He says, oh, by the way, Piper, when you go to the bathroom, when you, when you leave, when you go to the bathroom, you're supposed to squat in that one. Because he's wearing that damn kilt. Yep. <laughs> so, 
Piper tells basically, uh, Piper says, let me tell you something. No, let me tell you something. You're messing with Hollywood Hogan and the NWO. You step back into my world, I can still see you got the makeup on your face, Piper. And when I look at your eyes, maybe we need to have the war that didn't sow the score. What do you think about that? You know what I think about it? I'm the reason you got no hair, and what you gonna do about it? <laughs> yeah. He's like, your day is coming, Piper. Let's go, Giant. Take your hands off me, Sprout. Talking to the big show. Yep. So, yeah. Great introduction. Hell yeah. Hell Great yeah. introduction. But the, but but the thing about it was so so that segment continued because Piper had the belt, and Hogan and Giant go back in the ring for the belt. And then Piper is talking to him, and he starts talking about Liz. He says, I caught your act, grabbing Liz by the hair and all this. And they never, like, WWE has that tape somewhere because the pay-per-view feed gets cut there because they're out of time. But he was still doing his promo, and they were supposed to show the rest of his promo the next night on Monday Night Nitro. Nitro. It, did, it, didn't, it didn't happen. But let me tell you something about the next night on Nitro that was interesting, too. The very next night on Nitro was the introduction to the Crow Sting sitting in the Raptors. They were in Phoenix, Arizona for Nitro. That night, yep. And it was, uh, I think, the start, the the, the, the the beginning match, the first match of the night was uh, Lord Steven Regal versus Juventud Guerrero. And up in the top, you see Sting sitting there. And Sting is wearing a black t-shirt that says FX Studios on the front, and he's at the Crow uh, yep. face paint. And people are down there, and they, can, they started looking up. Adam, and there you go. That was the introduction of the, of the Crow scene. So there you go, man. The beginning of a year-long build. Yep. We might need to cover that one next. Yeah, we probably will. We might need to cover that one next. But overall, what do you give? What do you give this pay per view? I give Halloween Havoc nineteen eighty six. A seven out of ten. Out of ten, we're going to use the ten. Yep, seven out of ten. I think seven's fair. Yeah, I was going to go. I was going to go seven, seven and a half, eight. Yeah, yeah. But I think seven's with, fair. Gonna, yeah, I'm going with seven because it was actually the very first pay per view I ever ordered. Um, it was a it was a birthday gift for me, so um, it's it's very special, near and dear to my heart. So I'm going to give it. That's a seven. funny. Because the one, the one, 97 is the first one that I ordered. Okay. I watched 96 at a friend's house, but 97 yeah. was the first one I actually. Well, so back in the day, you know, we used to be able to flip the channels back and forth or whatever. When you did that, you could, you could watch the scrambled feed of the pay-per-views. Yeah. Yep. So that's how, that's how I used to watch them. And now I'm like, oh, can I order this one? So... <laughs> Yeah, wasn't bad, man. Twenty five, what was it? Twenty five dollars, something like that. Twenty five mm-hmm. or twenty, yeah, twenty no, twenty seven ninety five. How many have it? Yep. Come on, waste that now. Shit, AW wants what sixty bucks or some shit. Uh, they're forty nine, forty nine, forty nine, forty nine, fifty bucks for for a wrestling show. Yep. And now. WWE is like it's like a cheat code, but I, I would imagine if you broke it down, you'll probably be paying about the same. Yeah, and there are some places where they still offer WWE on traditional pay per view, but who's stupid enough to do that? <laughs> True, you might as well get that peak. 
Yeah, you got that peacock, or you got that WWE Network, you know, outside the United States. That's what yeah. it is. Yep. So, but yeah, overall, this is a this is one of the one of the better Halloween Havocs. Uh, again, because it did, it followed one of the best times in professional wrestling history. Um, this was looking back at it, like in the moment. Again, in the moment, you just knew something was happening, but looking back at it. You, you see how special it is right? and how fun it is to look back at. So very, very fun pay-per-view. Yeah, definitely. Very, very fun pay-per-view. All right, man. Final shots. What you got? Final shots is check out the DFPN on the Patreon. $3. Check it out. Join it. We got the United States Department of Nerds. You got the No Gimmicks podcast. You got the Patio with Kim. You got the Salute podcast. You got the Queens of Nerdum. You got everything out there. You got a variety for only $3 on the Patreon. So go subscribe today. Give us a shot. You feel what I'm saying? You can get it for a month. If you don't like it, hey, you ain't got to pay for it no more. You can tell us the reason why you don't want it. You feel what I'm saying? So that's all it is. Check us out on YouTube as well, the DFPN YouTube channel, um, where you can see full episodes, also some clips on there. We're also on yep. the Facebook page, the, the No Gamers Podcast on Facebook, the, the Smoke Pit on Facebook, the USEN on Facebook. We're all on there. Just look for DFPN, and you will find the links to every single group that we have on there. And pretty much other than that, help control the pet population, have your pets spayed or neutered. And uh, that's pretty much it. All right, man. Uh, from here, we got um, we got Mission Pro Wrestling. They just announced their first match and uh, Bougie Reality is uh making their return to the promotion and they are going to be uh in action putting their belts on the line so make sure december 3rd i'm sorry december 9th is uh silver bells three mission pro wrestling uh i will be making a drive back up there uh or back down there <laughs> for right. for the event so right. Uh, make sure you guys get your tickets at missionprowrestling.com. Uh, we will be sponsoring again. So uh, make sure you guys go tune into that. Also, make sure you're following us. We do have a Twitter feed, uh, No Gimmicks DFPN on Twitter and IG. Uh, we're starting to pick up a little bit of steam on both of those. So make sure you follow us. Give us a follow. And uh, I have nothing else. You got anything else? Yeah, real quick. So, uh, Raj Geary of uh, Wrestling Inc. just said this. He says, obviously, there's nothing wrong with announcing all-in ticket details, but promoting it as an important announcement just makes fans lose faith in these. You could just say you'll announce all-in ticket sale details and leave it at that. We'll see if this works for ratings. They seem to mean less and less each time. Hashtag AEW Dynamite. I totally agree with that. That's exactly what I was just saying. I can't say he's wrong. Yep. I can't. I cannot say he's wrong. Yep. I and that's probably going to be the general consensus, which that's a whole nother show on its own, man. Yep, it's a yep. whole nother show on its own. Yep, next show that we're going to do right here, and, and I don't know, I'll, I'll get with, with Black and see what, what we'll when we'll do it. Um, but we're going to talk about uh, AEW and their attendance and some ideas that we have to fix this. So yep. you might want to take a listen to the next episode of No Gimmicks Podcast. Also, don't forget rate the show leave us a one star leave us two stars leave us that five star that we know we deserve you feel what i'm saying exactly. leave a review. let's get the no gamers podcast charting 
and moving us up because, like I said before, nobody is doing what we're doing. We're not we're not a podcast that's kissing ass. We're not a podcast that's taking names. We're a podcast that's doing what we do, and that's one hundred percent real all the time. And that's what you get here on No Gimmicks Podcast, right here on the DFPN. So check it out once again. Three dollars, three dollars. Patreon, three dollars. That's right? it. One, two, three. That's it. That's it. That's all. That, that's all we got to say, man. That's that's, that's enough. All right. So until next time, be easy and enjoy the fucking wrestling. Peace. And I know it's all fitness, all fitness, all fitness. We give them no gimmick. Yeah. And I know it's all fitness, all fitness, all fitness. We give them no gimmick. Yeah. And I know it's all fitness, all fitness, all fitness. We give them no gimmicks, gimmicks.